Welcome to Soho Bites, a Soho on Screen podcast. I'm Jingon Young, a writer and researcher into the depiction of London's cosmopolitan centre, Soho, or Soho, in British films. Every episode, I'll invite a special guest on to discuss their favourite Soho film. And for the inaugural episode, I'm extremely honoured to have hosted a very special guest, chief film critic for The Guardian, prolific writer and very busy man, Peter Bradshaw. We met at the Curzon Soho Cinema, a Soho institution to many, including myself, to discuss Peter's favourite Soho film, Jules Dessin's 1950 film noir, Night and the City. Night in the city. The night is tonight, tomorrow night, or any night. The city is London. I love Night of the City. I think it is an absolutely thrilling, gripping noir. I think it easily holds its own in the company of movies like The Third Man and Touch of Evil. I mean, I think it, 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 in a way it grips me as much or even more. The narrative thread stays with Richard Widmark's character, Harry Fabian, who is this dodgy, chancer, grifter, conman, nightclub tout, uh, spiv, to use a, a term that was just about going out of fashion in the early 50s. Um, but also he's kind of a genius at self-invention and you can see him thinking on his feet, improvising, kind of turning around new ideas almost on the hoof in the course of the film and you can see him twisting and turning and, and improvising and making the best of things in the course of the film and that's what keeps it running forward. It's What's great is that he appears to be running all the time. In the climactic moments of the film he's literally running, running, running so he almost dies. But he's almost running the entire time. He's running, his feet hardly touch the ground. The next 120 seconds bring you more action and excitement than most people experience in a lifetime. Rushing at fever pitch out of the night in the city comes the best-selling novel that intrigued millions. Gerald Kirsch's startling story of London after dark. Night and the City. An intimate and intense picture of a city. And the intruders in the night who live and love and hate under cover of its darkness. Richard Widmark. Always fleeing from one affair, always turning to another, working harder than any man that ever lived, but always on the wrong thing. Gene Tierney, who wants only his love. Who are you running away from now? Running? Me? Now, you know me better than that. Three days and three nights and not a word for me. Well, I've been very busy. For all I knew, you were lying in the gutter somewhere with a knife in your back. Gucci Withers, who wants his kisses. Just think, Harry, think. We're younger, stronger, healthier than he is. We've got more life in our little fingers than he has in the whole of his body. Oh, Harry, darling, we must have got to get away from him. Please, Harry, please. Hugh Marlowe, who wants his sweetheart. Oh, no, you don't. Not again. Every time you talk, you mix me up so I can't think straight for a week. Thanks, Harry. Anything. Anytime. Francis L. Sullivan, who wants his life. You've got it all.
Um, and I think that's absolutely great. Uh, and I think it's great the depiction of Soho. It's not just in Soho. It's more broadly in the in the West End, and also in the East End, and in um, I think I, I, right up in Walthamstow. Uh, but what is what is great about it um, is that when you see these exterior location shots, and it's still very unusual to see a film of that era or even this era to use real location exterior location shots in London. Somebody like me, I mean, I've worked in Soho for 20 years, I'm always gripped by it. I think, oh my God, where's that? Where's that? Where's that? And I think, and I think that Jules Dassin slightly cheats one geography shot from Soho at one stage where uh, Noceros, played by Herbert Long, uh, orders his guys to basically put the hit on Harry Fabian. And they come out in what looks like the lower end of Denman Street up to Shaftesbury Avenue. You can see the Trocadero on the left, now the site of the Picture House Central cinema and then the next thing you know he's coming back down the opposite direction from Demon Street from Glasshouse Street past Demon Street and into Piccadilly Circus so I wonder if it, Dual Sessions has a slightly cheaper shot there but that's such a nerdy thing so I think to be obsessed with in fact what the other thing I love about this film is that it doesn't it's not at all sentimental about Soho it doesn't say it doesn't insist in a way that irritating people do, I find, insist on the bohemianism and how wonderful Soho is. I saw recently a documentary about Soho, I can't remember what it's called, I wouldn't want to repeat it anyway, but it made what I thought was the cardinal error of saying, oh, wasn't Soho wonderful in the 50s and the 60s and 70s? Didn't it have such character? Now it's all gone, all, all the clubs have been replaced by Costas and Tesco Express. Okay, that's sort of true, sort of not. Let's not glamorise Soho. Soho was the epicentre of the objectification and exploitation of women. That was the driving economic force behind Soho. Um, it was about forced rape, about prostitution, about exploitation, about uh, the creeping acceptance of police corruption especially in the 1970s. Of course, alongside that, of course, there was a, a hilarious bohemian <laughs> nightclub culture. And that's sort of great too, those things exist. I mean, I'm, I'm old enough just about to remember some of this. I, I have had lunch, a private eye lunch in uh, The Coach and Horses um, with Norman Balin and Geoffrey Bernard. I have been drunk in the Colony Rooms Club and the Colony Room Clubs uh, Club with um, not with Muriel Belcher, who was dead by that stage, but uh, with Ian Board behind the behind the bar. So I remember a little bit about it, but I think it's because I do remember it. I'm not tempted to mythologise or glamorise Soho, but but again, I'm conscious of not wanting to be obtuse because, of course, there is something thrilling and fascinating about Soho. I still think there is. I mean, as I say, I've lived here, I've never lived here, but I've felt like I've lived here for 20 years. I've been working here for 20 years. Um, I've been watching movies here for 20 years. Um, and there's one thing, actually, now I come to think about it, there's one thing I wanted to say about Gerald Kirsch, um, is that it's my theory that Paul Schrader, when he was working on the screenplay for Taxi Driver, may have been inspired uh, inspired his, his line someday a real rain is going to come and wash all the scum off the streets um, this is what um, this is what Gerald Kirsch writes in his description of the London rain in Night in the City the heavy rain shot down at an angle as if it meant once and for all to wash away all the vermin that swam over the feverish face of this dreary and interminable city 
I always say that's great. I mean, surely that's even if the portrait had never read those lines, I feel he kind of ought to have done. Um, so I guess that's why Night in the City by Jules Dessin is my favourite movie. It's got such killingly good performances. Richard Widmark, superb, absolutely superb. He's his kind of creepy, uh, dodgy, chancerish face, often slightly, slightly hammy performance in some ways, but always very gripping and very strong. And I love Googie Withers as the, as the nightclub sort of manageress who wants to set up her own nightclub with one of his dodgy, forged licenses, and the whole thing collapses all around her, and she has to go creeping back to her, to her um, sort of sugar daddy husband who runs the Silver Fox, this awful, awful place. Um, so it's is it a Soho film? Well, it's not just it's a Soho. I mean, as I say, there's there's a uh, a big scene, a daylight scene in, in Trafalgar Square. Uh, there are scenes out on the East End. Um, but I think maybe you can have a true Soho film, which isn't really a Soho. I mean, in some ways, a classic Soho film. I think it's maybe Michael Powell's Beeping Tom, which very very distinctly is not in Soho. It happens north of Oxford Street in I think Fitzroy Square or, or uh, somewhere up there where the kind of murder happens at the beginning. And yet the horrible staircases and winding little streets are terribly so. I mean, they are real so. So I think of, I think of, um, I think of Soho when I see P.P. Tom. Um, I can't now think of any film which has really exploited what I think of as the epicenter. If I had to say if there's an epicenter of Soho, I would say it is the archway at the, I think, the bottom of Brewer Street, uh, where the Paul Raymond Review Bar used to be. And it's a very narrow little kind of passageway. And you go in up uh, to the market up there. And it's so close and slightly sinister and disturbing. I remember when I first went there as a teenager, sort of obsessed, of course, by the porn everywhere and by the sort of beauty bars everywhere, but also kind of freaked out. And it was sort of nightmarish as well, by the way. And a lot of the passages, the passageways around there, particularly off Wardour Street, are now very, very kind of innocuous compared to way, the way they were then, which was kind of terrifying, absolutely terrifying. And in a way now, I can see in retrospect how that they were supposed to be terrifying. They were supposed to terrify you into thinking that you were doing something very, very daring so that you would be conned into going to some clip joint and be relieved by of course, they were supposed to be terrifying. Um, but you can still see the kind of ghost and scary in those places. And the other kind of very bizarre place, I think, is Ham Yard, just behind Piccadilly Circus, where there is now the terribly grand Ham Yard Hotel, which is one of these impossibly grand new boutique hotels, which seems to have sort of arisen like something from Singapore or Hong Kong. But again, I remember, again, it doesn't seem that long ago, I think it was about five or six or seven years ago, where you would go around and there was nothing there. You would chance on it almost by accident, and it was like a bomb site. It was like one of the bomb sites that Harry Fabian could have run across. And that was, you know, like from the, from the Second World War. And that was as recently as I think five or ten years ago. So you could chance across that in Ham Yard. Again, it was it was almost like sort of Narnia or something because you thought, where, the, where did this huge empty space come from? Because it's as if I've only just got out of Piccadilly Circus Tube Station. How has this happened? And I was looking around, staggered at, at this place. 
of course in lots of places Soho had a lots of bomb damaged places that's why the unspeakably ugly national car park building on Brewer Street this enormous bulbous building sorry enormous bulbous building that was on the site of a uh, that national car parks are on the site of <laughs> bomb damaged places in, in Soho. So I, I don't know how I got onto this subject, um, but Night in the City is, is um, I think it is one of the great noir films. It is, I certainly think it's one of the great London films. And interestingly, I never feel that it's jarring having an American lead it. I often think, well, you know, having an American star coming in saying things like words like bob and quid and things like that which sound always wrong from americans actually he seems to say it perfectly naturally um there's another soho film i think i can't remember it's called cesar romero of what you would know yes uh kind of copted in in the way that those people were in those days sort of hollywood stars copted in to make london movies kind of more glamorous or more internationally saleable um and you'd think that it might be artificial or uncomfortable in this case but it's not at all in a way I think London weirdly gave Richard Widmark a role that he kind of never had ever again in a way I mean what an amazing role for him and he was amazing in it well that's what I want to talk to you about from here on Duchess it's a life of ease and plenty for you now all I need is 300 pounds to no. develop but it's the biggest thing I've ever found Mary no I've got it right here in the palm of my hand. No. For 300 quid, we can package 5,000 uh, boxes. Some no. over half a crown. That's a profitable... No! You've got the money. You know you've got it. You've got it right here. Yes, yes, I've got it. Put it by shilling after shilling. But not for this. Not for mad, get-rich-quick schemes. Oh, look, Mary, this The money's this there for the day you come to your senses. Settle down to no matter what, a, a grocer's, a, a tobacco shop, anything done in the light of day. Oh, listen, Mary, Harry, I... do you think I enjoy slaving night after night in a silver fox? Getting drunks drunker? But I'm sticking it out, waiting for the day we can marry, lead decent, normal lives. I know, I know, That's darling. That's what the money's for, and until then, we don't touch one penny of it. You don't understand, Mary. This is our big chance. Big chance? Oh, again? Big chance. Always a big chance. Last month, the Fabian Mail Order Company couldn't lose, but we lost 50 of the best. Before that, the Fabian Tourist Bureau, the Fabian Song Publishers. <laughs> what wasn't I going to have? The Royal Suite on the Queen Mary, a house in Mayfair. But this is different. It's a sure thing. It's always different. Now the Fabian Fuel Feed, a fortune with every pill. Yes, a fortune. Two fortunes. That's what I want and that's what I'll get. I'm through with mugs and spivs and dirt. One break, I'm out of the garbage cans for life. I'm in the higher brackets, a mister with a future. There he goes, they'll say, that's Fabian, that's Harry Fabian. One break, I'm hot as a rocket shooting diamonds for sparks. Harry! Thank you so much for listening to this first episode of the Soho on Screen podcast. Next week, we'll be discussing the small world of Sammy Lee, Jewish Soho, and Anthony Newley. Please remember to subscribe and to follow me on Twitter at Soho on Screen. Thanks very much for listening. You know, I have a strange feeling that our meeting tonight is. Uh, well, we'll talk over our yeah, drinks. Right. <laughs> raise your elbow. Raise your elbow. Raise your elbow. Here's to the front. Here's to 
champagne Empty your glass, fill it again Here's to the Frenchman who knew What to do with the grapes that he grew Here's to the sun ripening the vine Here's to the bottles holding the wine Drink till the daylight is dawning Here's to tomorrow morning